Okay, let's roll. Chav Zayin of Abayza, last line. Shalom, Tommy, the Vizabi prayed. The students were prayed to ask him, and with what zechus did you live such a long life? By the way, he lived 400 years. Amalem, miyamai, like Kitmani, on all the base of measures. No one ever got to the base of measures before me. I was always the first one there. I never took the bracha before a kayin. He's supposed to honor the bracha for Aliyah Latayra, or because a Muslim to do Zimun. I never ate from the meat of an animal whose gifts were not yet removed and given to the kayanim. He says it's forbidden to eat from an animal whose gifts were not removed. Whoever eats from an animal whose meat gifts were not removed and given to the Kayim. It's like you're eating Tevel, right? Now Tevel, if you don't take off Truma, you eat the grains before taking off Truma, you're dead. But by meat, we don't bask like this. But he's, he says, Rabbi Yitzchak says, that you're not allowed to eat the meat before you separate it. But Allah is not like him. And Rav Prado was machmir and still never ate the meat of an animal whose gifts were not yet, were not yet separated. Now the Gemara is going to say, gosh, he's priding himself. He's taking credit and saying, I deserve a long life. Why? Because I never took a bracha in front of a kayin. I always, always let the kayin go before me. So the Gemara is that good? You're a Tamil Chacham. Tamil Chacham has precedence over a kayin. It's a disgrace to the Torah to let a kayin go before you. You're not allowed to do that. You said you did not make a brock in front of a kayin. Do you mean to say that that's a good thing? Any Tamil Chacham that lets even a kayin gada, who's not a learned person, go before him, if he's an Amaretz, which is saying the the mila of being kohen or even a kohen gadol is nothing compared to Torah. If the kohen gadol is tamachachem, okay. But Zogdi Gemara, what's he saying? I never took the bracha in front of a kohen. Zogdi Gemara, oh, you say tamachachem misa. Here's if a tamachachem gives up the priority to a kohen, the tamachachem deserves to die. What avera did he do? Hashem. Here we go. Because <coughs> it can make people think that, oh, it's impressive to be a Kayin, and it's no big deal to be a Tamil Chacham. Shalema, the Pazik says, Kol misanai ohavu maves. All those who hate me hate, uh, uh, love death. But the Gemara says, doesn't mean those who hate me. Rather, Atikri misanai, don't mean as those that hate me. Rather, masniai, whoever causes me to be hated, says God, loves death. Meaning, a Tamil Chacham that disgraces himself is causing God to be hated. Tamil Chacham represents Hashem in the Torah. Tamil Chacham has bad midos. Tamil Chacham is messy. Tamil Chacham has bad body odors. Tamil Chacham is any, any bad thing is going to be a chil Hashem against God. It's going to make people not no, like not? Hashem. Are they considered chil Hashem? Anytime you're doing the right thing, it's not a So what was a prey that priding himself that he always let a kain go first? When did a prey say he only let he always let a kain go first? Bishavin, when he and the kain were equal in Chachma, in Torah, then he let the kain go first. But 100 percent if he was a Tamil Chachma and the kain was an Amaret, he would not let the kain go first. What did you live a long life for? He said, I never got honored from the disgrace of my friend. That doesn't mean I never disgraced my friend to get honored. I never got honor from the disgrace of my friend. Meaning to say, your friend gets a 64 and you get a 70. Ah, 
even though you didn't cause him to get the 64, for you to gain honor through your friend's failure, that's what he said was his extra credit thing that deserved a long life. What? These are all nice extra credit things that they're all saying it was like a long life for. We're not saying you have to do that, but they're, they're definitely great things. I never went to bed with the klala of my friend, meaning I never went to bed being upset at my friend. Whenever I went to bed at night, I said, I'm Michael. <clears throat> and I was always forgoing with my own money. If there was any, ever a question, a doubt, a dispute about my money, I'd forgo it. And we're going to see a bunch of examples now. I never took honor through my friend's disgrace. We're going to bring a story. Kihot de Rafuna, Dori Mara, Rafuna was once carrying a shovel or something like an axe, a caspe on his shoulder. There's a big rabbi, he's carrying an axe, carrying a shoulder. Not so respectful. Also, Rafuna went and grabbed it away from the rabbi. Rafuna, you shouldn't be carrying this in, in public, it's disgraceful. Amalei Rafuna told him, If you often would walk around your own town carrying this, meaning it's not beneath you, to carry this, I'll let you take it from me. Dari. But the Eli, if you don't usually do this in your own hometown, so it's really beneath you to take to take the axe, then I don't want you taking it from me. It's Yakuri Anabazilusididach for me to be honored through your disgrace, Lainikali. So even though Ravuna is not causing it, this guy was taking it upon himself to, to carry the axe or the shovel. Ravuna says, I don't want to be honored through your shame. I never went to bed with the curse of my friend on him. When he was going to bed, Omar, he would say, I am Michael, anyone that was mitzar me, anyone that pained me, anyone that shamed me, anyone that hurt me today, I'm Michael them. And this is part of Kriya Shmalamita. If you look at Kriya Shmalamita, there's a little rebonus, a little prayer saying that I'm Michael, everybody that hurt me. I was forgoing with my money. Also, he would be mavat on his money. He'd leave like a penny, a penny tip, a penny change for the for the storekeeper, for the money changer. He would leave over a pruta of his money for the for the storekeeper to keep as a tip. So he was forgoing on the rights to his own money for other people's good. Why do you have such a long life? And they started trying to hit Rabbi Kiva. See, Rabbi Nukunya was related to the Nasi, to the Reis Galusa, to the government. So he had bodyguards. And somebody goes over and says, Why are you still alive? Boom! They're ready to kill him. And they chase after him. They're chasing after Rabbi Akiva. This time, Rabbi Akiva didn't look like Rabbi Akiva, he just looked like Akiva. Okay, so Rabbi Akiva goes running. This is what your color war story is going to be about. A little bit, part of it. Anyway, Rabbi Akiva goes running. Um, Salik, and he ran up and he climbed the tree. And Rabbi Akiva climbed up to the top of a palm tree. Amalei, he called down from the palm tree and he said, Rabbi, im nemar keves, lama nemar echad. When the Pazik speaks about the carbon that you bring, it says, es hakeves ha'echad, one lamb. Now, lamb is singular. Why do you have to say one lamb? Just say lamb. Kleisel offers the lamb. The lamb is one. Why do you have to say the one lamb? The lamb would sound like 
A lamb or the lamb, whatever. They're talking about a carbon dubbin. But they brought the carbon. Amalu. Well, we all chip in. Max is a shackle for it. Yeah. Told his bodyguards, this guy's a budding Tamakakam. Shavku, leave him alone. From this question, Rabbi Kiva showed that he's a great man, or he has a great future at least. How do you show it? How does this quote? Every question he has shows you a great man. I know a lot of people, there's a lot of questions, and it shows how <coughs> not very bright of a future. Phil <laughs> David said, this showed that Rabbi Kiva felt that every word in the Torah is important. There was nothing wrong grammatically with the Pasuk. You could say, bring the one sheep and slaughter it. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you understand that every single word and letter of the Torah is calculated and has a reason, that's a chashivas, that's an importance, that's a recognition for every single word and letter in the Torah. That's where Rabbi Nechunyi recognized Rabbi Kiva has a future. If he understands the value of every word, and he's driven to understand it, it's going to push him to the greatest heights. To the point that Rabbi Akiva was known for darshaning every yeah, single S in the Torah and every single crown on the letters of the Torah. By the same time, uh, like the most simple question, like yes and Gemara, like why does it say this when he could have said this? Or why does it bring like five examples of one thing? I guess the simplest question people ask. Like why, why does the Gemara have to say this? Why does the Gemara have to say this and this when he could have just said one thing instead of two things? Why is Mark to buy five, bring five cases with the why same case? Torah? I don't know what you're talking about, but yes. Now I'm saying that while, of course, there's reasons for it. Every single case is something different, and there's Allah we learn from it. Okay, but this, I'm saying this wasn't it. As I'm saying, if I would tell you, take the one sheep and slaughter it. What? That's right. We train them to understand that there's value in every line. The sixth graders he asking here. No, the sixth graders he asking here because Rabbi, why do we have to learn an extra three lines of Gemara? It was the same thing as before. <laughs> Rabbi Kiva is asking because he understood there was a value for the word. So he answered him. Why does the pasuk say one? The pasuk doesn't mean just the one sheep. What it means to say is the Torah is telling you that when you select the sheep and offer it as a carbon select the one like the goat here we're talking about a sheep the, the sheep meaning the one the best one every time you go to your flock and offer one as a carbon you should select the most unique one that stands out <coughs> from all the other ones that's why the Pasuk says Amalek and now getting back to your first question you want to know why I live long here we go I never accepted gifts. And I never stuck, stuck to my own feelings. When I advised, I went, I was foregoing on them. And similar to what the earlier uh, rabbi said, I was money. I was foregoing on my money. And now I'm going to give examples of each one. I never accepted gifts. Come on. When the Nazi, when the Prince of Kaiso would send Rebbe Lazar gifts, he would not accept the gift. When they would invite him to parties, to Simchas, he would not go and partake of the Simcha. He told the people that would invite him and send them gifts. You guys don't want me to live? Why are you sending me gifts? I don't want you gifts. Gifts shorten your life. The one who despises gifts will live. And somebody who gets into receiving gifts is not healthy. 
Reb Zera, when they would send him gifts from the Nazi's house, he would not accept. But when they would invite him to a Suda, he would go. Why would he go to the Suda? He would say, They're being honored by my presence. This is not a gift, it's an exchange. By me going, they're getting honor, and that's why they're giving me food. So it's not a gift, it's an exchange. I never stuck to my guns. Whoever forgoes on his own feelings, you have a right to be upset at somebody. You have a right to curse him out. You have a right to beat him up. You have a right, you have a right to insult him. And you don't. Hashem forgoes on your averus. Hashem carries the sins and he forgoes the, the Peshayim, the sins. To who does Hashem carry their sins? If you forgo on other people's sins, Hashem will forgo on yours. Shal Rabbi, why did you live long? You're disgusted with my long life? What are you asking me? You make an eye in horror? Amalei, Rabbi Torah, how to live a long life is obviously coming from a zechus, and that's Torah for you to teach it to me. So I just need to learn it. I never looked at the image of a Rasha. You hear this? Some say this even applies to the form of an image. Yeah, not even a live one, a picture. A picture, a statue. Some say that. Demus Adamasha. That's why he uses what to gaze. Don't gaze at the Tselem Demus Adamasha. The Ben Yoyata, the Ben Eshchai. That's what he says. The reason why he says Tselem Demus is even if it's not the actual image of the person, it's a photograph, it's a drawing, it's a it's a statue. It's also a problem. Yes, they don't hold like the Ben Eshchai. Where do we see this in the Pasuk? If not for the fact that I had to meet Yahishafat, the king of Yehuda, I would never look at you, Yehiram, and I would not see you. So Yehiram and Yahishafat were together. Yehiram was a bad king, Yahishafat was a good king, and the Navi was sent to speak to Yahishafat, but they were together. And Yehiram is speaking to the Navi. This was, I think, with Elisha. And Elisha says, I'm not talking to you. I didn't come here to talk to you. I can't even look at your face. I came here to see you, Shafat. So you see that you're not supposed to look at a Russia. Your eyes get diminished. Yitzchak's eyes diminished in their eyesight. Why? He used to look at Esav. <laughs> Is this what caused it for Yitzchak to go blind? Don't let the curse of a simple person be light in your eyes. Avimelech cursed Sarah. He went and he gave her a gift of clothing and he said this should be a covering of the eyes. So the simple meaning he was saying, I'm going to give you clothing. She should be covered up. People shouldn't see your beauty anymore. But there was a deeper meaning of what he was saying. He was saying, this should cover your eyes, it should blind you. I'm giving you a gift and it should affect your eyesight. And it was fulfilled in her children. A covering of the eyes. Both is what caused it. The curse of Avimelech and looking at Esav is what caused Yitzchak to go blind. Rav says, we learn from another source, to see the face of Rosh is not good. When when Reb Yeshua ben Kirk was dying, Amalei Rabbi said to him, Rabbi Yeshua ben Kirk, give me a blessing. You're dying. Give me a blessing. 
will of God that you should live half my life. Not the long life I'm living. You should live half of it. So he said, I shouldn't live the whole life. Those that come after you should shepherd animals. Meaning you're Rosh Hashiva. And if you live a very long life, your kids are never going to take you over. You want them to be shepherds of people? You want them to be Rosh Hashivas? To run a yeshiva? You want them to run animals? If you want them to run animals, it's good to die at 80, 90, and that's it. Let your kids take you over, and they should be Rosh Hashivas. But if you're going to live to 100,000, you know, what's going to be with your kids? So the, a very, very long life. I don't know how long Rabbi Shemakar lived, but a very, very long life is not necessarily always a blessing. Maybe he didn't have children. Maybe he didn't have sons to take him over. You could, sure. The average, the normal lifespan became 120. What? If you're very healthy or whatever, you could live 120. Not if you smoke and eat poppers every, you know. What? Poppers every night, yeah. I deserve credit to lay stockly bakuti. I never looked at a guy. I never partnered with a guy. Why do you live a long life? I think this is the biggest deal for Mola. In my life, I never got angry at home. Whoa. At home, the same basic. And that's the hardest desire. That's the hardest desire. At home is when you're feeling your wife, your kids. At home is where your feelings are the most passionate. That's where things really mean something to you. I guess when once he was a Baidas, he never got upset at home. And I never walked ahead of somebody greater than me. When you're supposed, when you accompany somebody greater than you, you're supposed to be a drop behind them. And I never thought to Vetera in dirty places. And I never walked four hours without Torah in my mouth and without filling on my head. And I never slept in a base of Medrash. Not a solid sleep and not even a, a rye sleep, a little nap. And I never rejoiced in the downfall of my friend. And I never called my friend a nickname. And I never even called him the nickname that his family gave him and he got used to. I call my brother Yo-Yo. Maybe you could call him, but for me to call him, that's wrong. Not to call him a, a nickname. Unless he's honored by it. You know, people like it. Yo, Mr. Cool. Yeah, nobody's going to mind that one. Isn't, yeah. isn't there a thing where, like, uh, you're supposed, <laughs> someone's supposed to say your birth name, given name, like, three times a day? What? Isn't that a Kabbalistic thing that someone has to say, should say your birth given name three times a day? I never heard of it. Someone calls you it. I don't know. I don't know a lot of things. Don't worry. See all these from here? I know about 0.001% of them. So there's plenty out there. I don't know. Zach Day, Lakimisha, let's go. If you have a basic Knesset that is not in use anymore and felt disuse and disrepair, you're still not allowed to use it for mundane purposes like a Leviya. You can't use that very long length to spread out ropes for measurement or other reasons. You can't use it to spread out traps. You can't spread fruit on the roof to turn into dry fruit from the sun. You cannot use it as a shortcut. A shul. A shul. Even when it's not used as a shul anymore. 
You can't do these things. It's considered a disgrace. Shenemar, Fashibai says, make the Sheikhem, I will destroy your holy places. What? That's not a shul. But a place that's designated as a shul, it retains holiness. If it's designated as a shul, it retains holiness. And this is what we say, Fashibai says, make the Sheikhem. Hashem says, I will destroy your sanctified places. From here we learn, Kedushat and Afkashen Shedman. They still are considered holy, even in a state of destruction. If grass and weeds grew, they used to have dirt floors. Don't uproot them. Let them continue growing. To arouse a feeling of agony so people should pray for these holy places to one day be rebuilt and refurbished. Very well. We're running late. Turn up on it. But the Knesset is in there again by Hengalus Weiss. A basic Knesset, you're not allowed to have lightheaded uh, activities there. In Oiklum, the hem, you can't eat in them. In Chase, the you can't drink in them. In the Oisimem, you're not allowed to adorn yourself in them. You know, fix your tie and look in the mirror and do your hair. In the Thailand, you're not allowed to stroll and take a chill and relax in them. You can't go into them to avoid the sun. You can't go into it because of the rain. You're not allowed to make private hespadim, private eulogies there. You could read You could use it for a public hespid, meaning a public figure that dies. That you're allowed to do a hespid. When do we say these halachas? The yushuvan. When the shuls are still settled and used. But when they fell to disuse and disrepair, you just leave them alone. You don't continue to learn of them if they're in disrepair. You don't continue to uh, to espade them there. You just leave them. And greeds, you let weeds grow there. You don't uproot them because of agony. Uh, what, like there's a mitzvah to make a sabim grow? To make weeds grow there? Like, it's like a lechatzkila. Who's talking about a sabbath? So Gemara Chasui Mechzef Akitani Mechavdan Oisam. We we left out from the first halacha that you're supposed to learn in them, learn mishnayos in them, and other things, and also you're supposed to sweep them. Umar and you're supposed to water them down so they shouldn't constantly be raising dust from the dirt floors. so that weeds shouldn't grow. We yeah, sweep them, clean the floors so weeds shouldn't grow. On Rabbi Yehuda, Amosai, when do we say you sleep the floors and you water them down? That's be Yeshuvan when they're still being used. But if it fell into disrepair, you allow the floor to become overgrown. The shuls in Bavel are made on condition because we all know it's temporary. At some point, we're all leaving Bavel and going to Eretz. Israel. So they're made on condition that if it falls into disuse, it's not a shul anymore. And even so, and still you cannot have kalos roish in the base. Ha, knesses. Right here. It is a basic knesses of Bavel. What's the difference in Bavel, USA? Yeah, so when I designated this place, I specifically said, I am not reserving it specifically as a basic knesses. Or basic magic. Otherwise, it gets dangerous. It's terrible averus. Yeah. Some say that because it's such a severe avera, that is almost like an umdana that nowadays nobody really reserves a place to be a shul anymore because you don't want to fall into the avera of using it, you know, inappropriately. So it's like we consider it like everybody had in mind subconsciously.
Zagging bar, what's considered callous rice? You want to hear what's considered callous rice? Going over your budget. Most people think your budget is very serious business. But compared to the seriousness of a shul, even making your budget is considered lightheaded activities. It's considered a joke compared to using it for Torah and mitzvahs. Even though it's serious business. Your budget is serious business, right? <clears throat> but even your budget is considered light-headed compared to real Torah. <laughs> a shul that they use for making finances and, and, and budgets. We leave dead people overnight. What? What? Like it's a thing to leave a dead person there? What do you mean? You're always supposed to bury a person as soon as possible. No, no, no. Talk about a dead guy. But you're always supposed to bury somebody as soon as possible. <laughs> what the dead guy do wrong? We're leaving him there overnight because some guy was doing his budget. This guy's opening up his, his tablet with a spreadsheet doing his budget. Okay, guys, bring in a dead guy overnight. What's that supposed to mean? It would not suffice if you don't do this. Like you gotta go ahead and bring, bring a dead guy there. Ella, what it means to say is lasoif. She leave a boy a basic nessus that they use inappropriately is going to end up a terrible, terrible disgrace of a dead guy being there and no one's going to know about it for a while and he's going to be a base mitzvah. What? No, the shul. That shul is going to suffer a disgrace of having a dead guy be there overnight. Ain't no as a man. You're not allowed to adorn yourself in a base medrash. Omar Rava Chachamin V'talmideyem Mutarim, you're allowed to fix yourself in the shul. You're allowed to gnash a little bit, because that's what's keeping you going. You spend the whole day there. If every time you needed something, we told you to leave the base of Madrash, it's going to cause a lot of bittul Torah. So for someone whose whole day is spent in the base of Madrash, you're allowed to do these things. Why is the base of Madrash also called Be'rabanan, the house of the rabbis? Because Be'sa the Rabbanan, in some ways it has halacha like their home. And therefore, there's some leniencies for those that spend the day there. You're not allowed to go in in the rain to protect yourself from the rain or for air conditioning. You can say, oh, let's go into the shul. It's cool in there. If you're going to learn, it's fine. It's like, oh, it's hot inside. Guys, let's go in the shul. It's cool. You're not allowed to do that. The lobby, yeah. The lobby, you could. But into the shul itself, because it's cool, you can't do that. So you mark the other Ravina Ravada by Masna. Have a cabin of Shalom Shilta. May Rava, Ravina and Ravada were asking questions from Rava. Also, Zilcha de Mitra, a downpour of rain came. I will make this and they ran into a shul. Amri, but they made an announcement. And they said, Hi, Dailina, will make this shul. This time we're going into the shul. Lami Shub Mitra. It's not because we're looking for an umbrella. So we're going into the shul to protect us from the rain. Elami Shub Shmaita by Salut. So we were in the middle of learning outside. And we can't learn in the rain. <laughs> so that's why we're going in to continue learning properly. So we're not going in because of the rain. We're going in because of our learning. A sugya needs clear weather like an autumn day. What? Yeah, he's just using it. You're using the shul as an umbrella? Even if you learn? What? Even if you learn? Why do you go in? 
rain. You went in to protect yourself from rain. You're, you're a loser. And then you learn. What? what? You only want to learn because you need protection from the rain. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But usually, you don't have a problem. Because usually you go into the lobby. And the lobby protects you from the rain. So now you go into the shul. You open up a chumash. Whenever I go into the base, I always say like the mishnah of like our That's a separate story. Shortcuts, whatever. If you ever go into base, imagine not to learn. Because you left your hat to, to call somebody out, you're supposed to sit down for a moment and say a pause. Since you have a shul in your house, am I able to do a shul up to the top floor? Yeah. The top floor is not for the shul. Well, that is for shul. Otherwise, I can't have bathrooms up there. Oh, you have to sit down when you say it? Well, you're supposed to, yeah. If you have to call somebody out of a shul, my, what's that look? Could you just run in and run out? If you know how to really learn, you have to say Allah. If you only know Mishnayas, if you only know how to do Chomish, you see, you got to learn according to your level. A guy who knows a Mishnah or a Gemara can't just go in and say, say a piece of Gemara, say a Mishnah. What happens if you don't know anything? Lema Leili Nuka, tell a child Emily Bzukyakov. You tell me over some Torah. Tell me a Pasik. Inami, let's say there's no kid around to tell you. Nishi Purtivanekum. At least sit down for a moment to show respect for the shul and then get up to leave. You don't just run in and run out. We said you're allowed to have a public hesped in a shul. What's considered a public hesped? A hesped that Rav Sheshis is speaking by. Everyone's going to want to come and hear Rav Sheshis speak. They both pointed to each other. If, if he's speaking, that's a public affair. And you can do it there. You should like that. It's cute. No? Ravram gave a husband for his daughter in law in a shul. Between my honor and the honor of the woman that was Nifter, there's going to be a big crowd. It's considered a public aspect. Rabzeira Rabzeira was giving aspect for a certain rabbi in the basic analysis. Omar, he said, either out of my honor or the honor of the nifter. It's going to be a lot of people. Asakuliyama. Shlakish is Shlakish was once giving aspect on a certain young Tabukakam. The Shriach Ba'ardi Israel, who very often used to go to Eretz Israel, and he was a simple guy. He was a Talmud who was sit like within 24 rows of Talmudim. All right, yeah, he, was, he was one out of a hundred. Okay. And, and still Rosh gave him tremendous recognition. And he said, lost a great man, even though the guy wasn't from Eretz Yisrael. But he often came to Eretz Yisrael to learn. And he wasn't even the biggest guy. But still Rosh Lakim showed him tremendous respect. Eretz Yisrael lost a great man. There was a certain person who knew everything. He knew Halakas, which is Gemara, Sifra, Sifri, Tisefta, all the Majrashim, Bishachah, and he died. Let Rav Nachman give a husband on him. He said, Hey, can ask me I can't give a husband on him. He's like a basket filled with books that got lost. He knew that this guy was not living up to his learning. See, he was very brilliant. He knew a lot of Torah. But his Yer Shemayim and his Midos. We're in up to bar. So he says, what? I'm, I should be all impressed with him? I don't ever want to be masked on him. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a hard drive. I got lost. 
Zog the Gemara Tokazi Mabin Tekifi to Ard Yisrael with Chasidim Mavo. Look at the difference between the mighty ones of Eretz Yisrael and Shlakish that gave a hesped on this simple Talmud, and look at the Chasid. Of Bavel, how Rav Nachman Yisroch was so picky on the Madrega of Yehira Shemayim, he didn't let it go. He wasn't going to give a hesbin on somebody that wasn't really on a high level. Tonight, also, we looked at the Mishnah with the Shtamish of Tachachal. If someone uses the crown of Torah for his own benefit, he's going to be exchanged. He's going to pass on from the world. He's Chayiv Misa. You don't use the glory of Torah for your own benefit. That even applies to somebody to use a Talmud, to use a Torah student who knows Alakas. That's called using the cover of Torah. Here you have a Talmud Chacham, and you're using it for something. You're using it. Do me a favor. Can, can you please uh, get me something? They're using like asking shows. You ask Rabbi Zakhar to, to, to get you something. It's a disgrace. Even if he wasn't your Rebbe. He's a Tamakakam. He says, even if he's not a huge Tamakakam, he's a Shayna Alakas. He knows Alaka. That's enough not to make use of him. If you could get somebody else. What? It's a very bad thing. It's just using the crown of turf for your benefit. If you have a choice between two people, one of them learned for Sidarim in Mishnahis, but one of them taught for Sidarim, the one that taught is higher. <coughs> so even when you do have to use Adam there's a hierarchy. Use the younger one. The, the lower one. Kiyadu Rishlakish, like a story that happened to Rishlakish. Let's go off up. Have Azul, Be'urcha, Rishlakish is going, going on the road. And Matu Urcha, the Mayan, he came to a big puddle. Also, Gavra comes along a guy. Akabe Akasme, can you imagine? Rishlakish is standing there. Suddenly somebody comes up behind him and lifts him up on his shoulders. And he lifts up Rishlakish on his shoulders. They come to Arma, lay. And this guy walks through the puddle carrying Rishlakish on his shoulders. Amalei Rishlakish told him, Karisa, have you ever learned Chumash? Amalei, Karina, yeah, I learned Chumash. Tanisa, hey down there, have you ever learned Mishnahis? Tanina Arba, Sidri Mishnah. I learned four Sidri Mishnah. I think he means to say to the exclusion of, of Kachim and Tyrus, which is very hard. You know, so they did four. Nazim Azikim, Zrayim, Mayim, Nazim Azikim, you know, four. So even though you weren't the biggest Amalei, Kachim and Tyrus is the hardest one. But he conquered four. Amalei Pasalta Arba Turi. You broke through four mountains of Torah? The tiniest Balakish Akasmik? And you're carrying me on your shoulders? Chazm Shalom. Shavi Balakish Abamaya. Throw me into the water. I don't want you to carry me. I don't want to use you. Amalei. Nichali Dash Midalmar. I want to serve my master. I want the schus. I want to do it for you. Iachi, she says, if you want to serve me, then you have to be a Talmud. A Talmud has a right to say, I want to be of service to my Rebbe. She says, if you want to serve me, I'm only going to let you serve me if you're my Talmud. So I'm going to teach you something right now. So he said, Iachi, gemar mini hamilsa. Learn from me this matter. Look how beautiful Klaizol is, that the girls of Klaizol, even if they just see the tiniest speck of blood come from their bodies, they say that they're tummy, and they have to wait seven days of cleanliness before going to the mikvah. They're, they're so, so machmer on themselves. Look how holy Klaizol is. Whoever learns halakha 
is uh, every single day he's assured a place in Olam Abba. Shenemar halichas elam loi. Atikri halichas ela halachas. Something we see all the time. Turn our bottom. We'll drop further. Mevatlan talmud Torah loitzas ames. You disrupt your Torah learning to go to Levaya. Ulach nasas kala and to go to a kasana. But this is not just to go to a kasana and go to Levaya. If you're attending Levaya, offers respect. For the dead, it's Mavata Tamatera. If going to Khasna will bring a specific joy to the Kala, you close your Gemara and you go to the Khasna to bring joy to the Khasna Kala. See, I'm good. Are you proud of me? Yeah. I just